y'all, what's up? This is Chris Robertson from Blackstone Cherry, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. This is Ken Savage from Blanca White, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Welcome to episode 140 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John. The Iron City Rocks podcast is coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, we've got two special guests on the show today. We've got Chris from the band Blackstone Cherry, uh, certainly a very hot uh, commodity these days. Uh, they'll be coming to Pittsburgh to play Stage AE on February 6th. Uh, this will be their first trip to Pittsburgh, which Chris and I talk about. Chris is a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Uh, this was recorded just uh, two days before the AFC and NFC Championship game, so a little bit of football talk going on in this interview, so uh hope you don't mind. Also, we've got from the Project Blanca White with Ken Savage, who was uh, involved. Uh, it's kind of a two-man sort of Alan Parsons-type project where they, uh, two guys wrote some songs and then kind of incorporated some really world-class musicians to become involved, so we're going to let the interview discuss what that's all about, so... Without further ado, we're going to get into the interview with Chris from Blackstone and Cherry. It feels so good in your new world Where we're bringing all the boom boom And you're so sweet from your head to your feet When I'm giving you the boom If you wake up in the morning in somebody else's room Blame it on the boom boom show. Hi, man, from the band Blackstone Cherry. I'd like to welcome to the show, Chris. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. I'd be better if, uh, you know, if if we were, if Pittsburgh was still in the playoffs, but we still got yeah. six. Nobody else got that. You know what I mean? So, be fine. Yeah, well, we don't have, we, we may not have be the only team with six much longer if, uh, yeah. you know, our friends out west uh, have their way, which I have to, to say as a, as a Steeler fan as you are, uh, the thought of the Ravens or the uh, Tom Brady hoisting another trophy doesn't sit well. So I almost yeah. have to, to pull for Eli of, of everybody left. So you know, we'll see how it you goes. You know, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm pulling for the 49ers, man. And it's it's because of Vernon Davis and Frank Gore. That's the only reason. Well, that and they, that and they play good defense, which obviously, being a Pittsburgh fan, you got to love good defense. But uh, yeah. You know, yeah. man. In my, in my opinion, they shouldn't have started Roethlisberger or Richard Mendenhall in the game against Cleveland, the last game, because you had yeah. the playoffs wrapped up. You just don't worry about home field advantage when you have. When, typically, when Pittsburgh has home field advantage, they don't do that great in the playoffs. They play better on the road in the playoffs for some reason. But they went to mile high, and of course, you know, a couple guys couldn't play. So whatever, yeah. it happened. Yeah. It was what it was, and Tebow played out of his mind. And I have to give it to uh, give all the credit in the world to, to Tebow in that game. I mean, up until that week, everybody just got this guy's a joke, he's a fluke, he, you know, he can't throw, and that's how he beat Dude, I, I was one of those guys. I, I, you know, because he had those seven games where he was miraculous, 
and then all at once he just fell off the wagon. And then when it comes time to play the number one defense in the league, he just lights them up like it's nothing, and it was crazy, man. I just, I, I don't yeah. think Pittsburgh expected him to play like that at all. No, and it's it, it, you know as a Steeler fan and as a uh, East Coast team, we didn't get to see a lot of Denver on TV. I don't have the, the NFL Network, so really didn't get to see Tebow. You know, no, no one ever thought to put Denver on a national broadcast, really. So he yeah, the, 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 the problem was is you know he can just take off and run at any time. So it's yeah. like they're defending two running backs and, you know, three wide receivers all the time, which is difficult, yeah. you know. I mean, that's when, when Tebow's playing good, he's it's they're a hard team to beat. Yeah, and we put, like, 11 guys in the box and, and let him beat us with his arm, which is exactly what he did. So yeah. now it is what it is. And I don't know if you heard that just a little bit ago that our offensive coordinator retired. So uh, Really? You know, in, in the market that... Uh, with the with offensive coordinator on their resume, Pittsburgh is shopping, so they have that shaped well, out. But anyway, yeah, as long as Dick our... LeBeau and Colin are still there, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, your band is coming into Pittsburgh on uh, the 6th of February to play Stage A E. Uh, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to see the facility, but it's really first rate. Uh, Dude, we yeah. in 10 years of being well, this will be 11 years this year that we've been a band. We have never played Pittsburgh. And I, I'm from the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, and I'm a Steelers fan, which is odd for a lot of people because they think I'd be a Titans fan. But my dad was a kid in the 70s, and in the 70s it was Pittsburgh and Dallas were the two you know, primary teams. And he yeah. told me from the time that I knew what a football was, if I like football, I like the Steelers. So yeah, well, I that's how that happened. But I'm glad just to be getting to play Pittsburgh, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, you're going to be literally in the shadows of Heinz Field at Stage I, I don't even know if the sun hits the street in between. They're so close. Uh, you're nice. Going to be, uh, right there on the North Shore, playing literally between the Pirates Field and the uh, Steelers. So that's all. And a real, a, a truly amazing facility. And uh, I, I think that, that uh, your band is, is somebody that Pittsburgh is, is really starting to embrace. I know when we announced on our, you know, Facebook and things like that, that you guys were coming. Within a few seconds, the thumbs up started coming up. Uh, so I wanted nice. to, you know, get get you guys on the show, talk a little bit about, you know, what it is that makes your band special. Because, you know, when I listen to it, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I consider you guys kind of a modern rock band, but there's something kind of unique there. And, I, I you know, maybe it's it's that middle of nowhere Kentucky kind of sound, or maybe there's something a little bit to it. But um, what do you guys kind of equate? I mean, you guys, if... if Pretty quickly on just your third album, you know, some pretty good chart numbers. What do you attribute that to? Man, I, I say more than anything, you know, we, we never, we've never lost sight of the fact that we put our clothes on, you know, put our pants on one leg at a time like everybody else. And, you know, we're just, we're, we're blue-collar working people, you know what I mean? And right. And, and, and that's the kind of town Pittsburgh is, you know, it's, it's, it's steel town, you know what I mean? It's. It's yeah. it's a working class town, you know, and I, I think that you know with the fact that we've never played there obviously helps that you know fans that we've had that that are there that you know are excited that we're finally coming there they don't have to drive you know to the middle of Pennsylvania to come see us because um, we, we played all over Pennsylvania but we never played Pittsburgh so you know we played Cleveland a lot and I pissed off a lot of Browns fans but other than that well, you know they're naturally pissed off though I mean what can you can't really blame them. Yeah. But, but, but uh, I mean, yeah. as far as, like, your musical roots, I mean, you guys have a little bit of, you know, when I listen to you guys, I almost hear sort of that, 
you know, southern side of Kid Rock almost coming through in your music. And that's kind of one of the things that I, I said to my wife when I put the CD in. I was like, this to me is what it would sound like if Kid Rock kind of was jamming with Creed. But, you know, that may not, that's just kind of my take on it. But, I mean, you know, dude, we've, we, we've heard comparisons a lot. You know, I mean, like, my favorite one is someone once told us if Pantera and Leonard Skinner had a love child, it would be us. Yeah, and that was the one that, that I really liked. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's, that's so, a great analogy. Because I mean, there's a so, certain soul in in a, in a kind of a down to earth uh, part of your lyrics, but you guys kind of tear it up at the same time. You know, it's not. You know, it's we're all about the live can. show. You know, I mean, yeah. the, the live show is is what is what we we thrive on, and 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 we go out every night and try to put on the best live show possible. You know, playing live is is what has kept our band going for the last ten years, and. You know, it's what keeps us going because, I mean, I'm at home right now and it's freezing, but I would much rather be somewhere where it's freezing playing a concert tonight. Sure. Yeah, get the energy of the crowd. Now, you guys, um, your last album was in, in 2010 now. Are you guys uh, kind of riding on the road or is this just sort of a break from recording or is there plans for a, a new record at the moment? Not right now. I mean, we released the last record May 31st uh, of 2011. And we're currently okay. on our third okay. single. So, you know, yeah, uh, we just released In My Blood a while back, and it's doing really well for us. Uh, we've been getting crazy ads every week. Uh, and we had, we just actually finished a video. There was a video that came out online that was um, for the European market. But we just finished a video for uh, for America. <laughs> and it's, um, it's, you know, it's, it's the same performance by the band in the video, but the whole storyline is completely different. So, uh, and we're really excited about it because we actually got to get a uh, we got to get a Marine from Augusta, Georgia, who was a big fan of the band. And uh, the camera crew went and followed him around, you know, for a couple weeks, and uh, got some got some really incredible footage. And uh, I haven't even seen any of the footage yet, but I just got you know I get cold chills just thinking about the footage they told me they got. So. We're very excited about that, and we should be seeing that video, you know, to approve it within the next week or so. So we're really excited about that. The fourth single off the album. Yeah. And that's good, you know, a lot of, you know, to see a band that's still thinking in terms of getting singles off an album, you know, it seems like a lot of, you know, albums, you get maybe one track and then it's, you know, off to do another EP and stuff. Guys, you've got, I think, you know, something that's a bit unique uh, in this day and age, where you've got a full album that really is a cohesive unit, uh, and something that you're not just going to skip track six and track nine and things like that. Um, well, you know, I mean, the, the way today's economy is, man. You know, people, people, if if they don't like all the songs on an album, they're just going to go to iTunes and download the one song, or they'll go to, um, or they'll just you know go to a BitTorrent site and download that one song that they want to hear, and and that's it, you know. So we try to create an album full of songs that people want to hear. And, you know, the, the, I think that's been our calling is we always try to, to deliver a full album's worth of material that people can enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, and that's definitely that. I, mean, I guess the key now is to make sure that you have more than nine quality songs on an album so that it makes sense by you just do the yeah. whole album. But, I mean, you guys yeah. came out with, you know, a white trash millionaire and playing on a boom boom. And, I mean, two really strong singles, but those guys, you know, 
You know, you debuted at what number eleven with the one. Um, yeah, man. It, 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 it was. It's, you know, it's been great for us so far. And like I said, it, within my blood, it's more of a. Um, it's it's not as heavy as those two songs, but it's you know it's it's a song that I think everyone can relate to. You know, because everybody has to do something where they're away from their family, but they're away from their family for a good reason. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly, that's certainly true. The, the the one thing that struck me when I was, you know, kind of going over your stuff and listening to music, the album debuted, if I'm not mistaken, number one in the U.K. Is yeah. That, well, how do you attribute that? That kind of struck me, because, I mean, I listen to you guys, I think, this is kind of an American band. Got that yeah. sort of, I guess, what we, we think of, like you mentioned, Skinner sort of thing. I mean, what... What do you think the key to, to Europe? Did you guys really focus Europe, Europe more toward more in Europe? Or is it just uh, you know, a freak? We, we went over there with Hinder um, in 2007, and we've been back uh, when we go, uh, and we're going back in March, and it'll be our 12th trip there since, you know, March of 2007. So, okay. you know, we do tour there very heavily, um, but I just, I think that the, 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 the the concert goers in the UK, you know, people are still going to concerts a lot over there. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the economy is bad everywhere, but for some reason, people in the UK are still going to concerts like they're never going to get to see another one. And I, I don't know if that's just, you know, part of the musical history that is, that's in the UK with all the great bands that have came out of there. Um, or, or what it is, man, but we just, for some reason, the the fans over there have just latched on to us. You know, we we do really well in Germany and the U.K. and France. You know, we, we, we do really well in Europe. And it's funny because, you know, a lot of the countries we do really well in, the primary language is definitely not English, but sure. we can play our songs and the crowd sings them back, you know, extremely loud every night. Yeah, that's got to be quite a rush. Yeah, and the weird thing about the fans in the UK, man, is like, like you know, in, in America, the, the fans tend to sing the singles, you know, the songs they've yeah. heard on radio. In the UK, the fans sing every song off of the album, you know, which is crazy because they shows you that they that you know they're, they're I don't know if they're more focused on the on the bands that they like there. You know, I mean, obviously, if you go to a Nickelback show, the crowd's going to sing every word to every song because they've got, you know, enough songs that have been number one on radio that yeah. their whole show is going to be that way. But with a band like us, we've had, you know, five or six singles off of, you know, the three records that have done really well on radio. <laughs> it's it's odd for us to go and, you know, they're, they're singing the songs that we just play live because they're fun to play live. Yeah, so, I mean, you can tell they're... they're uh certainly buying the albums, but not only buying them, but digesting them and, and learning the material, which is, which is a true testament. Because you're right. I mean, a lot of times you go so see even, you know, even the biggest bands in the United States, and when they, they break out a new song or a non, you know, greatest hits song, that's when people go get a beer. And that's, yeah. you know, always been kind of a complaint of mine. You, you can kind of judge... You know, even if you didn't know the band, oh, that must be their new song because everyone sits down or, or things like that, which is a shame. But, you know, it's kind of cool to see, you know. I mean, in the U.K., when, you know, you guys... And you always hear it as an American fan about how the U.K., you know, are a little more accepting of the, the diverse build on the concerts and the festivals. Yeah. That has to do with it as well. But um, you guys right now, um, you're doing a, a, 
you're doing a headline tour. Um, do you guys have plans for the upcoming kind of summer season yet? Uh, they're working on some stuff right now. I'm not sure exactly what they're they're working on, um, but you know we're we're pretty much when we leave out next week, we're going to be on the road nonstop probably till close to the end of the year, and then we'll take a little bit of a break. You know, we'll take December and January off, and then we'll get back at it again. Right. Now, do you guys do you write material when you're on the road, or what is the songwriting process? Yeah. You know, all four of us write all the songs together, and on the new record, we did some writing with some guys uh, outside of the band, but we all four wrote with the guy. Um, you know, some ideas spark on the road, but as far as a full song being written on the road, we hardly ever get around to that, just because it's, you know, it's, I mean, we we, we have written a few full songs on the road, but it, they don't really come to life until we get in our rehearsal house and, and yeah. play them, at, you know, full volume and everything. Yeah, it's, it's got to be hard to find even the time. I mean, I think a lot of people think that you guys just kind of rolling on the bus at 9 o'clock at night and jump up on the stage and start playing. But, I mean, you've got to deal with yeah. the likes like of me all day and, and, you know, <laughs> and sound checks and all that different stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's trying to find the time. We, we, we have a pretty busy, busy schedule when we're out there, you know. It, it, it's yeah. not the the magical mystery you know, that everybody thinks it is. It's... <laughs> It's it's, it's funny, man. People think the backstage of a concert area is is you know like this this magical place, and it's literally three or four guys sitting around <laughs> drinking Red Bull and watching yeah. TV, you know, or doing interviews until they have to go on stage. Yeah, there's a lot of hurry yeah. up and wait. Or we sit and play Call of Duty all day. Yeah, thank God for the Xbox and the PlayStation. All right, man. Well, Chris, I don't want to keep you any longer. I want to thank you for taking the time. Again, you guys are coming in to uh, do a show at Stage AD on the 6th of February uh, in the shadows of the Majestic Hines Field. You get a chance to maybe go. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait, man. Yeah, it's a shame we couldn't couldn't have something a little more exciting going on over there other than just a few Yeah, well, days. you know, it's whenever whenever we announce the date for February 6th, I'm like, dear God, please let Pittsburgh go and win this year. I'm like, because that would be just the most insane place to be on earth, it is. February yeah, 6th. But but hopefully the party will be in San Francisco. hate to say yeah, it, but I, I refuse to, to root for the Ravens or the Patriots, and I'm not yeah. a Giants fan. So Yeah, it, 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 I guess, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the 49ers are probably the left of, of all evil. It's hard. You know, as much respect as a Pittsburgh fan has for the Ravens and, and the Ravens. I mean, I, I will say it, it'd be cool to have a Harbaugh Super Bowl just because, you know, the Ravens are built on great defense. You know, a good defensive Super Bowl would be nice because if it's the Patriots and the 49ers, it's going to be a high-powered offense against a great defense, which would be a great game, but I would rather watch a defensive game any day. Yeah, yeah. The other thing with the Harbaugh, I don't even I don't even have anything really against either Harbaugh. It's just the, the amount of attention that that would they would spend on that with that two weeks of hell they put they put us through his fans with all these specials and pregame shows yeah. that start three days early. So you know yeah. that would get a little old. But hey, we'll take what yeah. we can get. We'll get them again next year when Ben's healthy. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I always wanted to learn to play guitar, but never had the time. Then I heard about Progressions Music Studio. Progressions introduced me to an entirely new and convenient method of music instruction. They brought the music to me. The instructors from Progressions Music Studio came to my home with their knowledge and expertise, which saved me time and money. They worked around my schedule and tailored a program around my needs and skill level. Best of all, 
I learned to play music like a guitar king of the 1960s. We didn't spend all of our time with drills or tunes from the 1860s. Progressions Music Studio offers a lot more than guitar. In fact, they have instructors for almost all instruments. Now I can rock it out on my electric like never before. Just imagine what they can do for you or the budding musician in your family. Don't make excuses. Make music. Check them out on the web at progressionsmusicstudio.com. That's P-R-O-G-R-E-S-S-I-O-N-S. Musicstudio.com. Or call 724-777-4678. All right. Very special thanks to Chris from Blackstone Cherry. Again, they will be at Stage AE to play uh, the indoor venue uh, on February 6th. Uh, as he mentioned, this is their first trip to Pittsburgh, so certainly worth getting out to check them out. All right, we're going to turn our attention to a uh, new project called uh, Resurgence of Rock from Blanco White. Uh, Blanco White uh, is two gentlemen, uh, one of which we're going to talk to him in a Ken Savage. Uh, they basically got kind of tired of, of some of the mainstream music these days and decided to write more of an old-school uh, kind of rock album. So we're going to play a track off that album called Resurgence of Rock, and then we're going to get into the interview with Ken and let him tell you what the project is all about. <laughs>
Alpha White is essentially uh, your and Austin's band. Is that kind of accurate? And then you're using kind of guest vocalists? That's correct. I mean, Austin and I uh, wrote the songs. Uh, okay. We followed a, you know, we followed a little bit of the Alan Parsons project type model in terms of bringing in other people uh, okay. that we thought were particularly good for each of the songs. Um, Austin recorded the music and wrote the music. Uh, I wrote the lyrics for each of the songs and came up with each of the song ideas, and then we brought in, you know, some guest vocalists uh, from back in the 1980s and matched them uh, to the songs we thought they were best for. Okay. Now, um, Ken, the, the name of the band, Blanca White, um, can you give us the story of where that, that kind of came from? Yeah, sure. Uh, Blanca White uh, was the name of a world-famous uh, watering hole in northern Mexico, just across the Texas border, uh, from where Austin and I grew up. Oh, okay. Uh, so grew up in that bar as a teenager. Excellent. As a teenager. Older teenager, I hope. Yeah, um, you guys, uh, are you still kind of headquartered out of Texas? No, I actually live uh, in Paris, France, and uh, Austin oh. lives in uh, Austin lives in Austin, Texas. So I'm calling you from France this evening. Oh, cool. Well, that's, that's kind of a surprise. How did you guys? I mean, did you guys know each other kind of uh, uh, while you were both in Texas and just kind of stayed in contact, or how did this project kind of evolve? Or, you know, get we did, we did, we we did. We knew each other growing up. Uh, Austin's brother Rick Shell, who's another uh, you know partner in crime on this project and is kind of handling the business side of it, has been a lifelong friend of mine. And uh, uh, so I I knew Austin and uh, would see him some growing up. Um, and we started working on this back around Halloween of 2009. It took us a, a long time to, to get the songs written exactly the way we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it took us another you know, significant period of time to really locate the people who we thought were going to be the absolute best singers for each of the songs. Yeah, I mean, that, that was, I mean, that's a great question there. I mean, as far as, I mean, you've worked, you've got, uh, you know, Paul Shortino, um, Terry Lewis from um, most, Notably, great white now, Lorraine Lewis, uh, Jeff Paris. I mean, how did you go about contacting these people? Were these people you knew through acquaintances, or did you just kind of hit them up cold and were lucky enough to get a bite? Uh, the first one we located was Terry Alou, and we found him um, uh, just cold. Um, uh, we had interviewed some people before him uh, and had gotten demos from other people but weren't real happy with what we'd gotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we, we located Terry Alou. We thought he would be perfect for our song, Your Boyfriend is Lame, because <laughs> Terry Alou's uh, father is French and his mother is Spanish, and he's probably the only uh, hard rock vocalist in the world who's trilingual in English, Spanish, and French. And there's a line in Spanish in that particular song as well as a line in French. Uh and so he delivers it perfectly. So we were absolutely thrilled to find him. Uh, we found uh, then Lorraine uh, pretty shortly afterward through a studio in, in Los Angeles, and we had wanted from the beginning to have a female vocalist on this album, and it is, uh, it's challenging to find a really accomplished uh, female hard rock vocalist, so we, we were just thrilled to get Lorraine. She does a one of our rockers on the album, as well as a ballad on the album called Hundred Years War. Mm-hmm. Um, then, John, we really went into a kind of a long process of trying to find a few more singers. Um, we had some folks do some auditions and send us some samples. 
from the U.S., from Canada, and from a couple of countries in Europe. And for about five or six months, we again really didn't find anyone that we thought was well suited for the rest of our uh, for the rest of our album. Uh, then one day, Terry Alou called me up. It's a funny story. He had been on a French uh, TV reality show, uh, and he had a legal issue, and I'm a lawyer, and so he called me up uh, to help him find a lawyer in France. And I mentioned to him that we were really struggling to find our last two singers, so he put us in touch with Paul Shertino and Jeff Paris. And Paul and Jeff each do uh, three songs on the album, and they were just sort of perfectly suited for uh, the, the songs that they did. Um, you know, Paul's just got the... Uh, a terrific uh, but slightly, you know, raspy voice that we yeah. wanted on a couple of songs. Uh, Jeff's got an incredible voice as well, but it's cleaner, and he was perfect for the songs we put. Uh, we asked him to do um, that we put in front of him. So it all ended up working out really well, but it was about a ten or twelve month process. Sure. Now, did you, as the lyricist, kind of, you know, did Austin write the song and then and then you found the singer to kind of fit the song and then you wrote the lyrics, or did you have lyrics and then have a com- kind of a complete sort of demo to present to the vocalist? We had uh, complete demos to, pre- okay. to present to each of the vocalists. Uh, I wrote the lyrics uh, first, and Austin worked with me on the music at the same time. Oh, okay. So we had demos to present to them. However, um, one of the reasons they loved uh, our singers loved working on this project was that we gave them a whole lot of freedom. So we had some suggested melodies and so forth, but each one of them was just so incredibly talented that we let them, you know, have have a lot of free reign. And, and we really asked them to to do that to to make the songs each of the songs their own and put everything they had into them. So there was a little back and forth with them occasionally on a particular word or phrase, but but by and large, um, you know, they, they ended up just really making them their own. Yeah, I mean, none of these guys are, are certainly rookies. You know, they all, they all know what they're doing. Um, yeah, and, the, and, you know, and the neat thing on the album is since we've got four different singers, there's a whole lot of variety on the album. You know, yeah. you never quite know what's coming next on the album, which I think is one of the real neat uh, neat attributes of it. Yeah, no, no. I mean, the the one thing that I, I think the title of the album, Resurgence of Rock, um, certainly resonates as a theme of the album. I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about how the, the you know the the theme of bringing back that sort of style of music kind of came to you? Yeah, that is the, certainly the theme of the album, and that's uh, that's our title track. It's the first song on the album, and that's really that song is really our anthem and what we're all about. Um, it's actually just a very, uh, very humble beginning. Um, I am uh, not personally a musician myself, but I've listened to 80s music my whole life. And uh, uh, in my job over here in Europe, I travel a lot. I travel a lot around the world and always take an iPod and my music with me. And one day a couple of years ago, you know, I just got completely fed up. I was having trouble finding more, uh, more rock music to listen to. Uh, and uh, somewhere on a flight over, I think it was over Kazakhstan, I just decided, you know, to hell with it. I'm going to try and make my own music and uh, uh, try and try and promote a resurgence of the music and the type of music that I grew up loving, uh, and, I, and I started to write. Uh, but it's really just a, a fan-driven kind of grassroots uh, project, and uh, we, we hope it always stays that way. Yeah, I mean that makes kind of an interesting dynamic because you think you know you you've seen you know obviously over the years there's been projects like this where there's been you know kind of a vocalist per track, but it's always been you know the guitar player you know they maybe they got rid of the original singer and they you know just had people do spot work or tribute albums or whatever. But you're actually approaching this as a fan, uh, which I think makes this very organic. 
uh, and certainly interesting. I mean, you know, is we, we are we are approaching this as fans, and um, you know, uh, we want it to be very organic and very grassroots. I mean, this is really an album produced by hard rock fans for hard rock fans, and I hope that you know will really resonate with anybody who grew up listening to music in the late '70s or the '80s. Now, um, I guess the, the kind of the question that comes to me. Uh, with you being in France and, you know, probably a lot of these musicians being in, you know, the West Coast of the United States, the logistics of this, was this sort of a, a Pro Tools email sort of project or did you guys kind of convene in a studio? Yeah. It, it was all of the above and then some. Um, it was logistically a challenge. I mean, it really, there, there were so many nights when I wondered if we were ever going to get from, you know, point A to point Z on this on this album. Uh, to some extent, files were sent back and forth, which you can do in this day and age. Uh, Austin came over here and uh, uh, holed up at my house in France for extended periods of time back when we were writing the music. Uh, luckily, Austin and Rick are based uh, in the U.S., so they were able to, uh, to go out to California as needed. Uh, the singers, a couple of them were set up to really do this on their own, and they have home studios, sure. uh, particularly Paul Shortino in, in Las Vegas, uh, as well as Jeff Paris in L.A. So it was, it was kind of a mixture of all of those things. Um, and we, could, we were able to pull it off in this day and age with the technology that we've got, but it was still only just barely. I mean, it was a, it was a logistical nightmare to get it done. Yeah, I know, I know just from talking to, you know, some artists who have done um – you know, solo albums, or you know, I was thinking of a project that George Lynch uh, recently did uh, called Kill All Control, where he had several vocalists and a drummer for this track and a different drummer for that track, and you know, you know, somebody of his ilk talking about the headaches of doing that, you know, and he's probably got a little more uh, at his disposal uh, when it comes to the, all that stuff in his, you know, his own studio and things like that. So I can imagine. From where you're coming from, that was quite a quite a challenge. Yeah, and you know, we're again, we were just starting off as fans, so there were some things we probably did that took longer than than what we really needed to. I think we're well set up to produce a second album, uh, which we've actually already begun working on. Real excited about it too, uh, much more quickly and efficiently. But this first one was really a bear in terms of the logistics. Now, do you? Um, I mean, is this something you you see possibly doing? any kind of live events with, or is this is just mostly a studio sort of venture? We would love to do some live events, and uh, there has been some discussion of that. Uh, we are certainly thinking in terms of uh, a kickoff show or two uh, sometime this spring, um, probably on the west coast of the U.S. Um, hmm. Our singers have also indicated an interest in, in performing uh, live and you know, we may be able to put together uh, some shows. I don't think it would be anything like a full tour, but we may be able to put together some live shows, and we we would certainly like to do that. Certainly, our intention to. Yeah, it would be kind of neat, even if you know uh, someone like Terry decided to do you know one of your songs during a Great White set. Would be kind of a cool thing, even. Well, yes. we may get all of our singers to to do this album, but also do some of their own stuff as well. I think that would be a really really cool show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just. Just in that respect, yeah, no. Um, Ken, where, where can people pick up the album? The full album is probably, John, going to be released um, at the very end of January uh, okay. or the, during the first week or two of February. We're still picking the actual release date. Okay. Um, we currently have a website, um, 
at resurgenceofrock.com, as well as a very active Facebook page at Resurgence of Rock. Uh, We're also on Twitter at Rock Resurgence, and we will be keeping those sites posted in the coming days about the specific uh, release date. We've got one song up that's already available uh, to download. It's the Terry Alou song called Your Boyfriend is Lame. Uh, but the full album ought to be out uh, in the next four to five weeks at the most. Okay. Yeah, I know uh, for fans, you know, there's a pretty cool uh, kind of electronic press kit um, with a video that kind of takes you behind the scenes and shows you all that stuff. Now, th- will this be – So, are, are you planning on just a digital-only release for this, or is this going to be – will you anticipate doing a physical product? No, we're anticipating doing physical CDs as well. Okay. I guess they, that does make sense if you're going to go for that old-school uh, mentality to make sure you have the old school product. You know, we are, and um, we've also uh, had a lot of expression of interest in Europe and some other markets where traditional uh, physical product is still probably uh, a bit more the norm than it is now in the U.S. So yeah. we've gotten expressions of interest, a lot of expressions of interest from Central and Eastern Europe and uh, other places in the world that. Uh, uh, that really like to to buy CD the traditional CDs. Yeah, I know in my house I'm still a a big CD or I can rip it as many times as I want, but if I own it digitally and lose it, it's gone. But, <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, let me ask you this, and if you can't, I understand. But um, are you able to hint at all on what the the uh, artists involved in in the follow up will be? It's going to be the same kind of cast of characters. Or are you kind of reaching out to some others who can remain nameless? You know, we haven't made any final decisions on that at this point because, again, our guiding principle is going to be to try and find the best singers for the best particular song. So it's really dependent on how some of the songs turn out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe a few of our same singers would, would, would likely appear again. Uh, there may be a couple of new ones as well. Uh, we'll definitely be following the same format, though, of trying to uh, really select the best singers for each individual song. Uh, but we just aren't at the point of having finished all the songs yet, and so I can't can't really say for sure. Sure, no, I certainly understand that. Well, it's, it's great to hear, you know. I mean, uh, like you mentioned, a kind of a grassroots thing, uh, a fan-driven product featuring, uh, you know, some of the, the greats of, you know, call it melodic hard rock or, you know, whatever you want to call it, but uh, you've got some great vocalists. And, uh, again, the Ken Savage with resurgenceofrock.com. I want to thank you for coming on the show today, man. Thank you so much, and uh, thanks to you and all your listeners for your support. All right, we want to thank Ken for coming on the show. I'd like to remind you of a few other uh, concerts Iron City Rocks is involved with. We've got Uli John Roth coming to the Altar Bar on February 2nd to do a show. Uh, Xander Demos, who is a veteran of the show, will be on that as well. Also at Altar Bar on the 9th, Kip Winger, a vocalist of the band Winger, will be uh, doing a solo acoustic show, which ought to be really cool. Uh, and then for those of you who like it heavy, Nile will be in town March 22nd for an Iron City Rocks show at Altar Bar as well. Also, um, you check ironcityrocks.com, uh, follow the link to Facebook, or go to facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks. We try to keep you abreast of all the good rock and metal shows uh, just in the past week we've had announcements for the red hot chili peppers coming to the console energy center uh the lineup for mayhem wow slipknot slayer anthrax uh rumored 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 to be motorhead uh five finger death i'm sorry not five finger death punch devil wears prada uh many many more out at uh the first niagara pavilion also uh guar is coming back to pittsburgh uh and just announced earlier this week 
Watain and Behemoth will be coming into town. So if uh, you like your black metal, there's a double dose of that for you. Uh, many, many other shows as the uh, weather starts to warm up, uh, we get towards spring, you'll see a lot more announcements of outdoor shows and the such. So it's an exciting time always this time of year. Uh, and don't forget about Van Halen uh, if you want to check that show out uh, at the Console Energy Center as well. So again, ironcityrocks.com. Go to uh, facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks, twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Also, I want to tell you about an event uh, we are uh, involved with on the 1st of February, we uh, are going to be celebrating Rush Day. For those of you who can't figure it out, the date on February 1st will be 2-1-1-2-21-12. Need I say more? Uh, so we are, uh, we've got an event, uh, kind of just a celebration of the day, uh, nothing uh, tangible. But we will be giving away a copy of a, a book about progressive heavy metal. Uh, written by an author named Jeff Wagner. The book is called Mean Deviation. So anybody who RSVPs to the event, and we will have this on our Facebook page, anybody who RSVPs to the event uh, will be automatically entered to win a copy of the book. So uh, we'll be drawing that on 2112. Uh, and invite you to take the day. Um, throw in one of your favorite Rush CDs. It doesn't have to be 2112, Caressa Steel, or any of the old school. You want to listen to moving pictures. You want to listen to the greatest hits. Whatever, just uh, take a moment out of your day to celebrate the greatness that is Rush. So we want to thank you for uh, listening to the show today, and I want to thank our guests Ken and Chris, Uh, and we'll talk to you next time.